So uh, we're now going to have our scripture reading, reading, and I'm going to ask uh, Rebecca um, if she could uh, come up and uh, read the Bible for us. And then immediately after this, uh, Chris Croman, who's one of our church members here, uh, will come and speak to us um, from God's Word. Um, thanks, Rebecca. And then Chris. Morning. Um, today's reading is from Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 to 4. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Uh, good morning. Uh, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for giving us a place to meet and um, to worship you. Thank you also for your presence being here with us. Um, Father, we pray that as we read your word today, you would please open up our eyes that we would see wonderful things from your law. Also, please give us ears to hear what you want to say. Help us to understand your truth. And please let the power of your word change us today to be more like your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for sacrificing your son on the cross for our sins so that we can be forgiven. Thank you for raising him from the dead so that we can live in him and that he can live in us. And thank you that he's coming back soon and he will bring true righteousness and peace in this world. Let the righteousness and peace of your word, Jesus Christ, live inside of us today. We pray for all these things in his name. Amen. In 1993, a man named Neil White pled guilty to bank fraud after the FBI discovered that he had been kiting checks to finance his publishing business. White was sentenced to 18 months in federal prison at Carville, Louisiana, in the United States. When he arrived, White discovered that he had been sentenced to an experimental prison that housed the last leprosy patients in America. At first, White was paranoid of contracting the disease, and he did everything possible to avoid touching the same things that the leper patients touched. He even held his breath as leper patients walked by. But White soon realized that although these people were forced to live with a disease that ravaged their bodies, many of the leper patients at Carville lived with a humility and grace that he had never known. During his time in prison, White noticed the irony of his situation. He noted that the leprosy patients who had committed no crime were imprisoned for the public's protection while convicts like him were set free. White realized that the convicts were the real lepers in society. Not only had they done things to threaten public welfare, but they were also often unwanted once they did get released. Ex-convicts, or ex-cons, often live with a stigma that marks them for the rest of their lives and keeps them from re-entering public life as quote-unquote normal citizens. By the end of his prison sentence, however, White became close friends with a 79-year-old woman named Ella Bounds. Ella Bounds was a Christian, but she had leprosy since she was 12 years old. 
She not only lost both legs to the disease, but she also lost her family, who had never visited her since the day she was forced to leave home. Despite a lifetime of pain and suffering, this elderly woman with leprosy was able to encourage White and give him hope during his darkest times in prison. Through her simple faith and worship of Jesus, Ella Bounds made White realize that his own self-pity was impossible. In his book, In the Sanctuary of Outcasts, White says Ella carried her leprosy like a divine blessing. She had faith that she would be healed in heaven. She embraced the life she believed God had chosen for her on earth. She had transcended the stigma that crippled so many. During his time in prison, White learned some life-changing lessons from the most unlikely person, a leper. Today, as we look at Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 4, I believe that we too can learn some life-saving lessons from a leper who lived more than 2,000 years ago. As we look at the sin in our lives, I believe that we too are like lepers. We too suffer from the debilitating disease of sin which eats away at our lives and keeps us from entering a right relationship with God and finding a place in his kingdom. We too need to be cleansed from sin, from a life of sin that has separated us from God and his people. As we examine this story in Matthew 8, we can see our own desperate need for cleansing reflected in the life of an unnamed leper. And we see that our only chance for real change is in Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 8 verses 1 to 4 shows us that real and lasting change in our lives starts with worshiping Jesus. This passage teaches us to worship Jesus because he cleanses us and he commands us to obey him. So today we'll learn through the life of a leper about what it means to worship Jesus, what it means to be cleansed by Jesus, and why we need to obey Jesus. In verses 1 and 2, we observe how the leper worships Jesus. In verse 3, we witness how the leper is cleansed by Jesus. And finally, in verse 4, we understand why the cleansed man needed to obey Jesus. If you look at the inserts in your bulletin, uh, you'll see that Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 says, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus had just finished preaching his sermon on the mount. Jesus' first major teaching in Matthew's gospel tells us about God's perfect kingdom and our required righteousness to enter that kingdom. Jesus had just finished explaining to a crowd of people what God's standard of righteousness really looks like. He had just finished describing the holiness that is required to be a part of God's kingdom. And suddenly, here comes a leper, the most unholy, unwanted person in society, asking Jesus to make him clean. Right after Jesus' most famous sermon, a social outcast kneels before him, seeking to be cleansed and restored to the community around him. But what did it mean to have leprosy in Jesus' time? And what does it mean to be a leper today? In Bible times, leprosy was a general term that referred to any skin disease. 
a rash like shingles, or even a viral infection like warts, would have been classified as leprosy. Today, the term leprosy, also known as Hansen's disease, refers to a condition caused by a type of bacteria that's been around for thousands of years. This bacterium attacks uh, the peripheral nervous system, and if it's left untreated, it slowly eats away at the body, starting from the extremities, like your fingertips, your toes, ears, nose, and lips. Over time, leprosy patients lose all sense of touch. They can't feel anything because their nerve endings have been destroyed. People afflicted with leprosy suffer greatly, from the loss of their limbs to the disfigurement, disfigurement of their faces. But the man in uh, Matthew chapter 8 probably suffered from the bacteria I just described. It must have been shocking for the people in Christ's day to see such a diseased and disfigured man throw himself at the feet of such a high-profile religious leader like Jesus. The most unwelcome and unclean person in society was asking to be cleansed by the holiest person in society. Who would dare do such a thing? In Jesus' day, lepers were considered the living dead. They were shunned and despised. But before asking Jesus to make him clean, the leper did something even more surprising. The leper worshipped Jesus. He didn't wait until he was clean before worshipping Christ. He didn't try to first get his act together. He worshipped Jesus as soon as he found him. There are five lessons that we can learn about worshipping Jesus from this leper. First, he worshipped Jesus by simply coming to him. He made the effort to be with Jesus. Next, the man worshipped Jesus by kneeling at his feet. In other words, he took a subordinate position to Jesus. By prostrating himself, the man was submitting his whole being to the presence and power of Jesus. Third, he opened his mouth and called Jesus Lord. He confessed to Jesus and to everyone watching that Jesus had complete authority over his life. He confessed that Jesus was God in the flesh. Fourth, the man worshipped Jesus by appealing to his will. He admitted that he needed God's mercy to be cleansed. He didn't demand that Jesus make him clean. He realized that while Christ had the power to change his life, it was entirely up to Jesus' will if he was cleansed. And finally, the man worshipped Jesus by admitting his own wretched condition. He made no attempt to make himself look better than he really was. This man knew that he was unclean and that his cleansing could only come from Jesus. In many ways, sin is a lot like having leprosy. Sin affects us spiritually the way that leprosy affects us physically. Sin slowly eats away at our life and devours everything within us that God meant to be used for his own good. Sin not only disintegrates our life, it also desensitizes us to the horrors of wickedness. Sin numbs us to how bad our condition really is. Sin deceives us and disfigures our life to how bad our condition really is. Um, so that in a way we are outcasts from God's kingdom. Ultimately, sin is unbelief in Jesus Christ as our only Savior. The writer of Hebrews warns us about the destruction and deceit 
of sinful unbelief in chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, where it says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Cleansing from sin begins with believing in Christ. If we want to be cleansed from sin and unbelief that plagues our life, then we need to start by worshiping Jesus, just like the leper did in Matthew 8. We first need to show up. We need to make time and spend time with Jesus. We also need to take a subordinate position to Jesus so that nothing else in our life comes before him. We need to confess that Jesus really is the Lord of our life and that we are in desperate need of his mercy. And as we humbly ask Jesus to cleanse us from our sin, we must also admit our true condition to him. We need to admit that our own efforts to clean up our lives have failed miserably. Worshiping Jesus means that we recognize only his sacrificial death on the cross for our sins can cleanse us from the disease of sin that plagues our lives. But worship is not a one-time action or even a once-a-week ritual. Worship needs to be a daily discipline in our lives. In his book, uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, Donald Whitney asks an important question. How can we worship God publicly once a week when we do not care to worship him privately throughout the week? Let the example of the leper in Matthew 8 remind each of us how important it is to worship Jesus every day of the week. Worship has a purpose. <clears throat> the story of the leper reminds us that we worship Jesus because he cleanses us and commands us to obey him. As we worship Jesus, we are also cleansed by Jesus. Matthew 8 verse 3 says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. There are four things we can observe in the cleansing of this leprous man. First, Jesus reached out and touched the man. Jesus didn't have to touch the man to heal him. He could have cleansed the man just with a spoken word or even a thought. But instead, Jesus knew this man needed to be touched. After being rejected by society and probably shunned by friends and even his family, this man had a real need for physical contact. Jesus not only cleansed the man with leprosy, but he also had compassion for this man. Mark chapter 1 verse 41 says that Jesus was moved with compassion for this man. Next, Jesus also reassured the man that he was willing to cleanse him. The man needed to hear that Jesus wanted him to be clean. Jesus didn't cleanse the leper out of a sense of duty. Jesus genuinely wanted to see this man be free from the disease that ate away his life. Third, Jesus commanded the man to be clean. The man did nothing to make himself clean. He depended entirely upon the power of Jesus. By commanding the leper to be clean, Jesus demonstrated his power over sin and all its effects. And he also demonstrated the power of God's word. Jesus spoke, and the man was cleansed. Finally, Jesus cleansed the man immediately. 
The man didn't need to wait for Jesus' words to take effect. The man and everyone around him could see the instant change in him as his pale, deteriorating flesh suddenly had color and life in it. In other words, this man's life was completely restored. A great illustration of restoration appears in Joel chapter 2, verse 25, where God says to the nation of Israel, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. After years of devastation from drought and an invasion of locusts, Israel's crops were destroyed. The locusts were the result of Israel's sinful rebellion against God. But out of compassion, God promised to restore Israel to fruitfulness. When we turn to Christ, like the leper in Matthew 8, God can restore to us the wasted years of wallowing in our own sin, so that we can become fruitful for his glory. Are there lepers among us today that need restoring? We don't usually see lepers around us like the man in Matthew 8. However, there are groups of people in society who are often treated like lepers. One group, as I mentioned earlier, is convicted criminals, especially those who have been released from prison. Ex-cons, like Neil White, are often treated like outcasts, even when they've repented of their crimes. There are currently more than 7,500 convicted criminals in Hong Kong's prison system. These people live in 28 different correctional facilities throughout Hong Kong, including the one at Hailing Chow. And if some of you have grown up in Hong Kong and you're old enough, you might know that Hailing Chow actually used to be a leper colony until about 1974. Today, Hailing Chow is a prison but it's also a place for uh, drug addicts. According to a report by the South China Morning Post this past February, ex-prisoners in Hong Kong have a difficult time finding employment after their release. Sometimes it's due to a lack of job skills, but mostly it's because of the stigma of being an ex-con. These people are the modern-day lepers of society. They're social outcasts, Convicts in prison and ex-cons are people who need a personal touch of compassion. These people need the gospel. In his book, Lepers No More, uh, Steve Canop records the stories of convicted criminals who received Jesus Christ as their savior while in prison. Many of these men were brought to Christ by people who took the time to contact them. One ex-con who was a former sex offender, is named Russell Stewart. Stewart writes, In 2009, after I had been in prison for many years, Don Enger, my former youth director, happened to see my sister and asked about me. She told him I had been in prison a long time. Little did I know that after 30 years, Don would contact me in prison and come to visit me. Those visits were such a blessing to me. Sometimes he would bring another friend. They showed me the unconditional love of God. Are we willing to be people like Don Enger, who spent time talking to and sharing the gospel with a convicted criminal? Are we willing to be like Jesus, who put aside his busy schedule to reach out and touch the life of someone who was rejected by society and called unclean? As we worship Jesus and remember how he cleanses us, 
we should also remember how God can use us to bring restoration to others. So far, we've learned from the leper in Matthew 8 what it means to worship Jesus. We've also learned what it means to be cleansed by Jesus. Now, we're going to take a look at why it's so important to obey Jesus. Matthew 8, verses, verse 4 says, Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Jesus' command might seem strange to most of us. Why did he tell the man who was cleansed to go to a priest? And what is the gift that Moses commanded? What does this man's cleansing have to do with the Old Testament? Matthew's Jewish audience would have understood that Jesus was referring to Leviticus chapter 14, which includes laws for cleansing lepers. According to Leviticus 14, lepers who were cleansed were supposed to present themselves to the priest. Only the priest had the authority to pronounce a person clean or not. No one was going to let someone who was once a leper back into society without official approval from a priest. But Jesus' command for the cleansed, but Jesus' command for the man who was cleansed to obey Le- Leviticus 14 was about more than just getting priestly approval. According to Leviticus 14, a cleansed leper was also supposed to bring two live, clean birds, a piece of cedar wood, some scarlet yarn, and hyssop to the priest. The priest would then have one of the birds killed in an earthen vessel over fresh water. The other live bird would be tied to the piece of cedar wood by the scarlet yarn together with the hyssop. And hyssop is a, uh, a medicinal as a, as a plant that was often used as a medicine. Then they would dip that bird in the blood of the bird that was killed. After the cleansed leper was sprinkled with the dead bird's blood, the living bird would then be released into an open field. This is a beautiful illustration of the gospel. The bird that was, clet, that was killed in the earthen vessel represents Christ's sacrificial death and burial. The bird that was tied to the cedar wood with the scarlet yarn and hyssop dipped in the blood and then set free points to Christ's cleansing sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection and ascension. The once leprous person who was sprinkled seven times with the bird's blood represents a follower of Christ whose guilty conscience is fully cleansed by the blood of Christ like it's described in Hebrews chapters 10. In other words, the cleansed leper in Matthew 8 was meant to be a public testimony of the gospel to the priest and to those who heard about it. The priest who announced this former leper clean would have had to have acknowledged the reality of Jesus' healing power while seeing the symbolism that pointed to the gospel. Jesus' purpose for cleansing this leper was to physically present the gospel to the religious leaders of his day. Unfortunately, we find out at the end of chapter 1 in the Gospel of Mark that the cleansed man didn't follow Jesus' command. Instead of going to the priest, the man spread the news everywhere about his cleansing from Jesus. He went everywhere with the good news except to the people that Jesus wanted him to go to the most. Not only did this prevent Jesus from openly visiting nearby towns, but the cleansed man's disobedience 
also prevented a specific group of people, the priests and the religious leaders, from witnessing the power of the gospel. If you're a Christian, then God has cleansed you to be a testimony to a specific group of people. There is a certain group of people that your testimony is going to touch in a special way. There are some people that you can connect with in a way that nobody else can. Are we obeying God's command to reach the people that he calls us to? Or are we busy doing things our own way, like the cleansed man in Matthew chapter 8? As we conclude, let's think again about what the story of the leper teaches us. The story of the cleansed leper reminds us that we worship Jesus because he cleanses us and he commands us to obey him. When we worship Jesus, we put ourselves in a position to be cleansed by him. When we're cleansed by Jesus, we prepare ourselves to obey him. And when we obey Jesus, we receive for ourselves the opportunity to be used by him in a very special way. When Ella Bounds contracted leprosy at the age of 12, I'm sure she never imagined that she would be used to touch the lives of people like Neil White. Perhaps God even allowed Ella Bounds to have leprosy specifically for the purpose of reaching people like Neil White. What has God allowed you to struggle with so that he can cleanse you and use you to touch others? The story of the leper calls us to come to Jesus. So let's come to Jesus for worship. Let's come to Jesus for cleansing. And let's come to Jesus for obedience so that he can use us at the right time in the right place and for the right people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the true story of this man who was once a leper. Although this man lived thousands of years ago, his story is still so relevant to us today. As we prepare to celebrate communion, please help us to meditate on what we just read. Help us to meditate on worshiping Jesus. Help us to meditate on being cleansed by Jesus. And help us to meditate on obeying Jesus based on the grace that you demonstrated to us on the cross. Thank you again for your word, and please let your word do its cleansing work in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.